0: welcome to the global australian podcast i'm johanna pittman ceo of advance the global australian network we're the non-profit organization committed to strengthening australia by nurturing a globally connected mindset at home and abroad one of the ways we do this is by shining a spotlight on the impact of extraordinary global australians in this podcast series we meet 25 game changers recognized In the 2023 Global Australian Awards, these remarkable individuals generously share their stories with us, giving us insight into their international career journey, its highlights and challenges, and what motivates them in their work. I hope you enjoy getting to know the inspiring game changers of 2023. In this episode, we meet Gregory Constantine, a 2023 game changer in the Emerging Leader category. Gregory Constantine is an entrepreneur living and working in New York. His work is focused on decarbonisation through the conversion of greenhouse gases into usable products like perfume, vodka and aviation fuel. Joining me on this interview is Cathy Campbell, the producer of the Global Australian Awards. In simple terms, how would you describe what
1: you do? Yeah, so we're a a carbon utilisation company. So in simple terms, we take carbon dioxide which is the most abundant greenhouse gas on planet earth you know actively causing climate change and we and we turn it into useful products for the future so we really think about what we do is taking what's always deemed as a problem and actually turning it into part of the solution for our planet
0: and Tell us how you got into this space and 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 your journey to to end up doing this um really cutting edge work after after your in your career so far
1: it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting journey obviously you know, you know we're based in 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 the US and based you know in 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 New York and coming from australia and I've always been centered around the environment I think that kind of you know got extremely heightened when, when I moved to New York and moved to the US and I was working in a, in a large corporate company for a number of years and you know I met my my now business partner and we decided to come together to work on things that were purposeful and meaningful to us uh, and I've always really been interested in in innovation and how you can use you know creative business solutions and technological innovation for change uh, and we we really believe that that climate change is you know one of the greatest problems that we're facing as as people today. And we said, how can we go out and how can we go out and help? And how can we use techno- technology and how can we use business solutions to try to help change that and combat that? And that was really ge- the genesis for for the for the organization over the last six or seven years.
0: And tell us about the day to day in in running that company. What does it look like? What are some of the challenges you face? And what are some of the highlights?
1: Yeah great question you know when you're when you're doing anything that's so innovative and and new and different you know you're always you know surrounded by challenges right and as any kind of you know early stage or later stage you know company builder would know you know it, it's really about persistence uh, you know and really kind of believing in you know what it is that you're working on as well now fortunately we have an incredible team um, you know some of the you know most brilliant people from around the world you know working for us you know or you know throughout the United States and and around the world as well but you know there's there's no shortage of challenges when you're when you're trying to take carbon dioxide and, and turn, it th- turn it into things like, you know, aviation fuel or rocket fuel or otherwise. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun journey, but persistence is really, you know, key to the success there and making sure that you're really working through everything and being persistent about that work.
0: It is a really technical area as well. What sort of um, technical
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, skills have you brought into the team? And also what you've found you've um, built, what skills do you find that are innate within you that you've been able to bring to the role.
1: Yeah, another really great question. So we're very specialized in, in what we do. So we have you know incredible you know engineers and, and chemists from you know as I mentioned from from all over the world. But we also take a, a pretty unique position in you know bringing in folks from outside of industry into the industry that we're in because it is a relatively new industry as well. So you know bringing folks that have um, you know a different viewpoint or can think maybe a little bit outside the box than the traditional industry that they're in. Allows us to innovate and allows us to think creatively about the work that we're doing, and allows us to problem solve in those industries as well. Because you're bringing a different skill set into it as well. So, making sure that we have a you know a really diverse skill set and diverse background, but also have you know really unique and, and specialized folks you know from industry uh, working on the on, on the challenges that we're that we're trying to solve as well. So it's it's definitely a balance, um, you know, but it's it's what makes us or allows us to have the you know the moderate level of success that we've been able to have.
0: Wow. Well, um, these are, as you know, the Global Australian Awards. And so we're always interested in people's geographic journey to get to where they are today. For you, um, tell us a little bit about sort of where you grew up, what you thought you might be doing after high school and um, and then how how the path went that you ended up now in New York or um, normally in New York.
1: Yeah, so so grew up in Sydney, in, in the inner west suburbs of Sydney, um, from, you know, came from a pretty modest background, I would say, and, um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to move to the United States, you know, after I'd finished my degrees in Sydney, um, and, you know, I, I took on that, you know, that opportunity and moved over to the U.S. kind of with, you know, just my suitcase and nothing else. And, and, you know, no job and really kind of took a bit of a leap, a leap of faith in, in that respect. And, um, you know, was fortunate enough to, to, you know, to get a job, you know, you know, with not much time left on my visa over there and, you know, got a job and, and, and begun working in the U S and, you know, Coming from Australia and being surrounded by the environment, and you know, my father grew up, you know, you know, around the eastern suburbs of Sydney, you know, you know, on the beach and was a lifeguard. And so, you are taking that kind of sensibility of you know really being surrounded by nature, and then moving to you know to New York, which is another island, very different to Australia in a lot of respects, and then working in you know a large you know corporate manufacturing industry, I just became so aware to. Uh, you know, to, what, to how detrimental we've been to our surroundings and to our environment over the course of many, many decades. Um, and you know, when you layer that on with you know my kind of uh, you know want or need to really chase problem solving, and I, I really believe that you know the harder the problem, you know the more we want to go out and try to solve it. And it's a lot of the reason for the industries that we've gone into as well is a lot of the industries that we work in such as aviation have always been deemed as some of the hardest to decarbonize aviation makes up you know 2 to 3% of global co2 emissions on an annual basis so billions and billions and billions of tons of co2 per year and for many decades have always been deemed as you know one of the hardest if not the hardest industry to decarbonize so we said Great. Let's go into that industry and let's try to be a proof point for change because that's what we love to do, and personally, that's what I, I love to do. And uh, fortunately, uh, it's it's spurred a lot of change in the industry, and you know, a lot of legislative changes in the U.S. have changed because of the work we've been doing, as well as other companies coming out of the woodwork, and as well as some of the biggest organizations in the world, whether you know global airlines or, or even the U.S. government or other governments around the world have changed their position literally because of the work that companies like us are doing and others. So um, I think it's when you think about the combination of, you know, background and skill set and, you know, kind of my uh, maybe appetite for challenging things is where we kind of you know resulted in where we're at today.
0: Yeah, well, um, 2020 was a, a, a real, it sounds like a banner year with um, one of the prizes that or awards that you were given. Can you tell us a little bit about that or what uh, that designation meant, um, and I'm not sure if we're thinking about the same one. There's probably multiple, but tell us what happened in 2020.
1: So we've won we've won a few awards. So I'll I'll try to assume where, where we're at. But you know we we were we were finalists in a in a competition called the Carbon X Prize, which is one of the largest carbon competitions in a world in the world, which was um, you know an incredible competition to be in, not only to be alongside so many amazing other companies that are really trying to solve really tough problems as well. Um, but allowed us to to kind of be on a stage around these companies as well. And, you know, that helped, um, you know, catapult us in some respect to to really innovating technology. But alongside that in that year, you know, we were also awarded a contract from NASA for the work that we were doing, um, you know, for our CO2 conversion as well. So, yeah, we've had a, you know, a great few years in terms of some of the competitions we've won and, you know, then some of the recognition we've gotten for some of our products as well. You know, we we put out a, a consumer beverage product as our very first product, which won Time magazine's invention of the year in 2020 as well. So, uh, yeah, some some great accolades along the way, which is always great proof points of, of the work that you're doing, but still a long way to go and a lot more work to be done for sure.
0: Well, um, it ties in well with the category that you're in, and and it's the term emerging leaders is something it doesn't sit too so, too well because people say emerging aren't already a leader. But what I wish we could call this category is you ain't seen nothing yet. That this is this is a, sort of a the beginning of seeing a lot more. So, uh, what does it mean to you to be recognised? in this category and um, f- for the Global Australian Awards as a game changer?
1: You know, the, we, we do the work because, you know, the work is, is meaningful to us. And I, and I think that, you know, being recognized um, it isn't necessarily the reason as to why we do the work, but being surrounded by, you know, your peers and, and folks recognising the work, um, you know, uh, it's, it's it's a great addition to the work that's being done as well. I think, you know, the most important key here for, for me is, is, is the word Australian in there, you know, born and raised an, an Australian and a very proud Australian as well. So, I, you know, I, I do you know, love to, to be alongside other Australians that are, that are doing, you know, incredible work. And even though I've been in the US for, for almost almost a decade now, you know, Australia is most definitely still home. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's important. It's an important place to me as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be able to be a part of the group.
0: Oh, fantastic well, what um just my final question, and I'm sure it's something you get asked a lot, and I'm sure it will be something you'll be asked a lot from people that are maybe in university in the similar situation you're in um when you're in university, sort of thinking about what you want to do tell Tell us what advice you'd have for your younger self perhaps um when you were back in university.
1: Yeah, look, I, I, hopefully my advice isn't too untraditional in some respect, but I, I really think it's just around, you know, keeping an open mind, you know, and, and kind of not, you know, not leaving a, a stone unturned in, in some respect, right? Because, you know, when you're when you're working on the things that you're working on, whether in high school or, or university, you really never know where you can end up. So as long as you're working on things that are meaningful to you and things that you enjoy, the rest will come, whether it's success or whatever else you're looking for, that will come as long as you can really, you know, put your time and effort and energy into something that you enjoy. And I know it's somewhat cliched and, you know, folks say it all the time and you hear it growing up and I still hear it today as well, but it, it, it is the most, you know, true thing that I've heard. As long as you enjoy the work that you're doing, the rest will follow uh, and, and keep an open mind in doing so. And, you know, you know, entrepreneurialism and building a business is really just around, you know, problem solving and being persistent with that as well. So when you couple all of those things together and if you really enjoy the work that you're doing, uh, it won't feel like work and and you'll have a really fulfilling life and a really happy life along the way as well.
0: I I do have one more question, if you're willing. Yeah. My question is, if -hmm. you're looking uh, through all of that um, innovation and technology to decarbonize, but to, I guess reuse or find um, innovative ways of capturing that carbon and and making it into other products for the average person like myself who doesn't know what what how how does that happen and what sort of products can you convert that into that are useful
1: that that, that, that's a really great question so i'll 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 kind of break down how our technology works in in not too much specificity but a little bit so it, it can kind of be translated so we take carbon dioxide and the way that we, the source of, you can get carbon dioxide from a variety of sources. You can get carbon dioxide directly from a point source of emissions. You can get carbon dioxide directly from the air, even though it's far more diluted directly from the air. You can get carbon dioxide from the ocean. So, you know, we're agnostic on the source of CO2 that we use. We can take CO2 from, you know, from a number of different sources. So we we either capture it ourselves or we work with partners who capture the carbon dioxide. Um, we then take that CO two and we combine it with hydrogen, and we actually create the hydrogen ourselves via a process called electrolysis, it uses renewable power and water to create to create the hydrogen. And then inside our inside our carbon conversion reactors, we combine the carbon dioxide with the hydrogen um, over our catalyst. Our catalyst are what cause a reaction, uh, and the reaction that it causes creates a mixture of other alcohols, fuels, and water, all in, it, all in kind of like a, a, a mash of liquid together, essentially. Um, you know, those alcohols can be everything from ethanol or methanol, and, you know, through to things such as, you know, para- kerosene, essentially, paraffins and aromatics. And what that all means is that, you know, ethanol... Can be used as a fuel, um, but it can, ethanol is also the alcohol that goes into um, fragrances. It's also the alcohol that goes into the beverages that you drink, the alcoholic beverages that you drink. Um, you know, methanol can also be used as a fuel, but it's also you know an intermediary to create the majority of the plastic that you see around the world as well. So instead of making these alcohols from from fermentation or from other processes, we're actually making them from carbon dioxide, and so. In that production process, we're removing more CO2 than we're putting out. So the production process we're actually carbon negative versus being carbon positive by putting out, CO, putting out CO2 in order to create that alcohol. Uh, similarly for, for the fuels as well. So uh, the, the, the product suite is is pretty wide. If you know, if you look at all the things that you know ethanol, methanol, kerosenes go into, it's 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 a lot of stuff. And you know, the reason why our business has been focused on some of these. Um, you know, lower volume, higher margin markets in the short term is because our process uh, is is more expensive in the short term because we're doing it on smaller scales and we're really reliant on renewable power. And as the cost of renewable power comes down over time, our cost to produce will come down over time as well. So um, yeah, hopefully that gives a little bit of a more technical answer to it.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode For more inspiring stories of global Australian game changers, please go to our website, advance.org.